So I'll conclude my message series that I've been sharing, The Blessed Life, The Secret of Walking in God's Blessing. I'll conclude that today, part five. And I entitled today's message, Can You Handle Being Blessed? Can You Handle Being Blessed? And that's a very, very powerful question. Can you handle being blessed? And that's something I believe is fundamental to working in God's blessing. I believe the reason why many people don't walk in God's blessing is because they have not been able to settle the issue of whether they can undo the blessing of God. You know, C.S. Lewis, probably one of the most revered Christian writer, uh, wrote a book where, the, you know, titled The Weight of God's Glory. The weight of God's glory. And I think he took that from Second uh, Corinthians 4.17 that talks about the weight of God's glory. Uh, and I'll read, you know, he said, Our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. Uh, I never really thought, I never pay attention to the word weight until C.S. Lewis, you know, wrote about, and I came across C.S. Lewis uh, writing a collection of articles called The Weight of God's Glory. And his understanding is every, you know, the glory of God brings weight. It brings a weight of responsibility. You see, when God's glory is upon somebody, there is a weight of responsibility that comes upon them. When God's glory came upon Moses, you know, I mean, it was so powerful uh, that this guy could just say something and something happened, right? It was such a, an awesome rest, uh, privilege for Moses to see God, to experience God, and for the glory of God to come upon his face. But he came upon his face so much that people can't even look at it, can't look at his face. You know, I mean, they had to cover his face, you know, with a veil because his face was shining. Uh, he altered Moses' life. His life was altered radically. Uh, most times what people don't know is God's blessing comes with a weight of responsibility. Sometimes we want the blessing. I would say many times we want the blessing, but we don't want the weight. We don't want the responsibility that comes with the blessing. So the question is, can you carry the weight? Can you carry the weight? And this is regardless of the blessing. Financial blessing comes with a responsibility. You know, it's actually easier. The responsibility of being poor is greater than the responsibility of being rich. I know all of us want to be rich. All of us want to have a lot of money. But it comes with a lot of responsibility to manage it, to make sure it doesn't go down. <laughs> that's... that's that's a, that's a bigger body. You know, somebody says once you're already down, the only thing that can happen to you is go up, right? But once you are up, it takes a lot of work to make sure you are not down because the only thing that can happen to you is come down. So it's very, very important to understand that there is such a responsibility that blessing. Whether it's a blessing of marriage, you know, some people really want to become, you know, you know, dying to become a husband, a wife, 
but can you carry the weight of responsibility that being a husband brings? It's a lot of responsibility. I see so many times when, you know, wives complain about their husband that they, you know, they, they just want to get married, but they don't want the weight of what being a husband means. Being a husband means there's a leech now around you, right? Right? You can't go too far. You, you're not as free as you want. And some people resent, they resent that. They just, you know, they just, they have to tell somebody where they are going. They have to report. You're five minutes late. You have to say why you're five minutes late. They're like, what is this? It's called the responsibility of getting married. Now you have to tell everybody, I'm, I'm spending my money. Yes. Somebody has to question your charges. They say, well, why did you charge this? You're like, why are you, why are you telling me this? It's called the weight, the responsibility of getting married. Every blessing, whether it's becoming parent, what an awesome privilege. It's an awesome blessing. Children are the heritage of the Lord, right? Uh, you know, fruit of the womb they are is reward, but it comes with weight. You know, we live in a country where many people want the blessing. They don't want the responsibility. Many people want to, you know, be husband, the wives. They don't want the responsibility of being husband and wife. Many people want to be parents. They bring children to the world, but they don't want the responsibility. Being parent comes with, oh, my God, an awesome responsibility. <laughs> May the Lord bless you with children. May the Lord bless you with finances. May the Lord bless you with family. May the Lord bless you with business. But most importantly, may you be able to carry the weight those things come upon you. You know, it's easier to work for a company than to own the company. All right? It's easier to work, you know. The weight of owning or running your business is enormous. You know, your response, it, it comes with, it's hard to explain it. It's called weight, but there's something that is just on you. Sometimes you see people, you know, you admire them. What you don't see is the weight of the responsibility for their position. Sometimes people see pastors, they're like, oh, you know, you, you know, it makes it so easy. You know, I remember, you know, in my old church, I used to be a minister. I remember one of the other ministers used to, you know how ministers just have a little talk about their pastor, right? Just a little talk. You know, he would just, he would say, you know, what if I was the pastor, I, I would just be doing, I'll be doing this thing better. You know, I would just run this church better. I would, you know, he would say that constantly. I mean, he would, I would get uncomfortable with that. I mean, he's much older than me, so I, I would just kind of get uncomfortable with that kind of talk, you know? So years later, this person went on to become a pastor. Wow, he's struggling so seriously. <laughs> he's not been able to, to prove it. His, his pastoral experience is it's not, it's not good. No success to really show. So sometimes you see someone in position or, you know, in a position of authority doing something. What you see sometimes is the glory. You don't see the weight. And, uh, and there are people sometimes you want the glory, you don't want the weight. 
glory comes with enormous weight on you. And that's why we should pray that God will give us the grace to carry that weight. I mean, often, I mean, times and times again, you hear of people who abandon their children, right? People who have kids, you know, and they just go and kill their kids or they throw them into the river. You know, one woman just drove uh, four kids and just drove them into the water because the weight of parenting. You know, they're not able to carry it. I pray for you that you'll be able to carry that weight, the weight of the blessing that God has for you, the weight of the responsibility God has for you. You know, some of you want to become great things. You want to become an international writer. You want to become a, you know, a global business person. You want to become this great speaker. You want to become this filthy, rich person. <laughs> Many of those people, their life is not as easy as you think. I mean, if you get to spend one day with some of them, you may not actually like their, like their life. You may not actually like, you know, you know, the weight it brings on them. I was watching the richest guy in Nigeria. I'm from Nigeria, so I was reading something about him. And he was talking about how he's had so many failed marriages. Uh, he said, decent, he was honest. He said, you know what, the, the responsibility of being rich... <laughs> I mean, I just get married. This woman just eventually just get fed up with me. They can't because I'm never there. You know, we could be sleeping and they want to hug and I'm getting a phone call and I'm picking up the call. And, I'm, and I've done that over and over again. And he said, you know, I'm learning now to balance. These things put a lot of pressure. God's blessing. And that's why I believe sometimes God sometimes pauses or waits to ensure we can carry the weight. That's because God is not frivolous. I know we read the story of the, the, story of the prodigal son, right? But God doesn't want us to be prodigal son. He's not interested in raising so many prodigal son. I mean, that story is just for us to see how he feels. God doesn't want us to give us inheritance. And we walk away and waste it like the prodigal son. No, no, that's not his intention. His intention is actually to warn us not to be like that. So God doesn't want us to be like the prodigal son that will bless, bless with money, bless with influence, bless with, um, you know, family, bless with things, and we go ahead and waste it with riotous living, with, you know, living that, is, that doesn't glorify him. And we see that from even the, some of the stories of Jesus inferred, you know, like the parable of the talent. I believe Matthew chapter 25, right? Matthew 25, long, one, of the most favorite, one of the most popular stories. You know, you know the, Jesus told the story of how God gave somebody five talent, two talent, one talent, right? And the other people, they, they used their talent. They were productive. They came back with multiple. And the one person just said, you know what? You know, you are a hard man. And he told the Lord, you are a hard man. And I just went and hid my talent. And the master was furious. And he said, you, you can't even invest it and make something out of it. So God want, does not want to waste. What did the Lord do? He actually took the one talent from the person. And he gave it to the one that had five. You know why? Because 
Why will I waste my blessing on you with that kind of attitude? I mean, if you read that, you see what an attitude towards the father. He called the father a hard man. He said, you're a difficult man. You want to reap where you haven't sown. You know, you're using me. You're doing this. Some of us have that attitude to God. All our, all, the way we look at God is a taskmaster, a hard man, someone using you, someone that is not taking care of you. It, that's a demonic attitude that you have to get out because that's not God. That's not God. That's not the nature of God. God is incapable of doing that. So this guy had such an attitude, and God said, you know, I'm going to take that blessing away from him. I'm going to give it to the person that has, that has demonstrated that they can use it, that they can produce with it. I pray that we will be that man, like that man with five talents. We are going to do our best with what he has given to us. We also look at the, 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 the actual story where Jesus fed 5,000. Jesus fed 5,000 people. And after that, what did he tell them to do? He said, gather the one that remains. And we read from the story that uh, 12 baskets were filled, right? That tells you that he's not a God that wants to waste his resources. He has lots of them, but he does not delight in, in releasing them to people who will go ahead and waste it, especially if he loves them. So we got to really prepare ourselves to be ready to handle God's blessing. Proverbs 132 says, For the turning away of the simple shall slay them, and the prosperity of the foolish shall cause them to perish. You see that? The prosperity of the foolish can cause them to perish. I mean, so sometimes out of his love, God withdraws his blessing from us because he doesn't want you to be destroyed. And God still looks at you. You are still foolish. You're still unwise in the things of God. You're still unable to handle. Apostle Paul told, uh, I think, the Hebrew, Hebrew people, and I think he also told the Corinthians church, he said, he told the Corinthians church, I fed you with milk, right? He said, you're still not able to bear it. You know, I mean, I should be by now feeding you with meat. That is, I should be teaching you some greater truths, some, you know, some more important things, but I can't because you, you, can't, you still can't even undo the milk that I fed you. So it's very important for us to really, you know, understand that sometimes our lack of preparation to handle the blessing is the hindrance to receiving the blessing. May you surrender to the Lord's preparation. May you be prepared to handle the weight of his glory, to handle the responsibility of his blessing in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. How many times have we read people who win the lottery and they lose it in five years? That's like the most common story in America, right? I mean, I mean, if you just go and type it, you will see that it is everywhere. I mean, these people can't keep the money. 
Now, there have been a few people who kept the money. You know who are those people? They were people who were already rich before they won the lodge. <laughs> That's weird, isn't that? But you know why? Having millions of dollars is not as easy as you think. You know, it's, it's, it's a very, very, very difficult thing to know how to manage it, how to ensure it, how to protect yourself, how to make sure you are protected. I mean, most people who come to wealth have the opportunity to learn these things gradually. The complication with the taxes, the complication with insurances, what you need to protect, you know, where you need the kind of insurances. I mean, it is so complicated. The responsibility is so enormous that if you make one mistake, it can cost you all your fortune, which is what tend to happen. Now, people who have the opportunity to really gather this wealth gradually, right? They made all those mistakes when they when it was not a lot of money. It was not a lot at stakes. So by the time they come into wealth, they have learned. They, they understand the responsibility of managing wealth. Praise the name of Jesus. I'm going to read Proverbs chapter 13, verse 11. Proverbs chapter 13, verse 11 says, Dishonest money dwindles away. But whoever gathers money little by little makes it grow. Did you see that? I mean, that's, that's the principle there. I mean, when it comes incrementally, all right, you value the opportunity. But I also think we can prepare ourselves for it. I mean, people will spend a lot of time preparing themselves for these things. They are attracted more. People who understand how money works, how finances work, how investment works, how insurance works. You see, people who understand all those things have attract them more. People who understand parenting, you don't have to become parent to learn about parenting. You can learn about it, you can read about it, you can talk to parents, you can be with parents, people who have raised decent children, people who have done a good job, you can ask them, you can, you know, you can learn, you can know. You don't have to be married to learn about marriage. You can really invest. You know, I remember investing a lot of time while I was single, reading about marriage, going to marriage conferences, understanding how marriage works, how it should work. I mean, I came into marriage, I mean, knowing so much because I have invested so much. And because of that, I've been able to enjoy a very wonderful marriage because of that. It's good to understand this. So preparation is very important. All right? Preparation is very, very important. Same thing with parenting. I mean, most of our parents, they just try and error to raise kids. All right? A lot of them. I mean... They were lucky because they had the environment to help them raise children, right? You have neighbors to help them raise children. If you don't do a good job, somebody in the neighbor will do a better job than you. And he'll tell you, I'm going to discipline you, and I'm going to discipline your mama and your daddy. And the kids here, daddy, are like, whoa. Now you have everything working against you, very parent. Nobody's rooting for your kids. Nobody's trying to help you raise them. 
even if they want to, they don't know how you feel. They're like, you know what, let, let them rot. Even teachers can do that. They don't know how people feel. They can't touch. Teachers are afraid. Neighbors can't afraid. I mean, everybody is, if you see something, don't say something, right? If you as a parent, you are not a warrior in the art of raising children, it's going to be very hard. But you can prepare yourself. Praise the name of Jesus. Preparing yourself for the blessing. Praise the name of Jesus. So I'm going to talk about, I have 19 minutes, all right? I think I can do it. Just pray for me. Tell me you can do it. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Encourage me. <laughs> Hallelujah. How do I do being blessed? You must know that being blessed requires preparation. I think I've kind of talked about that. It's called the blessing test or the blessed test. Proverbs 16, 11 says, The preparation of the heart is man, and the answer of the tongue is from the Lord. Is for us to prepare. Is for God to bless. That's what it means. You see, the best way to attract God's blessing is to prepare for it. Right? It's not enough to pray for God's blessing. It's not enough to wish for God's blessing. It's not enough to go to all these prayer meetings, breakthrough hour, you know. Uh, I mean, they have all kinds of great names. I have no problem with that. It's not, but it's not enough to go to all these places. I mean, it's enough to prepare for the blessing. And many people who go to these places are not even prepared to handle the blessing. They are not emotionally prepared. They are not personally prepared. I mean, it's not enough to pray about having a lot of money. And I'm very serious. <laughs> you must know about how to manage the money. You must, you know, many of you will really want to, you want money. How many financial conferences or seminars or books, you know, how, what is your level of curiosity about money? You know, you hear about this GameStop thing, you just block your mind. You're like, oh, I don't do all those things. You know, people who do those are the ones who have money. People who understand how market works, for example, simple thing, our market work, our investment, simple things like that. I mean, these are not rocket science. These are not things you should not know. These are things that you should prepare yourself. So it's not enough to just wish, to just desire, to just pray, God bless me, Father release it, open the windows of heaven. Look, it's not difficult for God to do. It's not. God can do it. It's not difficult for God to do. No, our God can. He's done it before. And he can do it again and he will do it again. The most important thing is to prepare for it. If he releases it today, can we handle it? First of all, will you even continue to be a Christian? <laughs> will, you, will you continue to come to church? Will you, will you be able to be an usher? Will you be able to clean? Will you be able to even listen to the pastor? You know, will you be walking funny, right? You just say, oh, yeah, when I have a chance, I'll show up, you know. Will you, will, will, are we going to even see you anymore? Are you going to be able to handle it, though? Are you going to? So 
I think preparing our hearts is very important. And one of the best ways we prepare is what we do now with what we have. Praise the name of Jesus. It's what we do now. Luke 16.10 says, whoever can be trusted with very little can also be trusted with much. Whoever is dishonest with very little will also be dishonest with much. Now, what are you doing with what you have now? Yes, I just only make $50,000. So how do you manage that $50,000? How do you deal with it? How do you manage it? How do you treat it? How do you... That, that's, that's what God looks at. If you're not faithful with 50000 how will God say all of a sudden you're just going to be faithful with 500000 It doesn't work that way. So be faithful with what you have. Be faithful with it. Let the Lord see how you do it, how you manage it, how you're able to work it, pay your bills. You know, there are millionaires who can pay their bills. You know that? I mean, there are houses, a million-dollar house, being foreclosed. I mean, you're like, how? You know, there are a lot of so-called rich people who don't have much to them. They, they are lousy in how they, 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 are, they can manage this way. So show me you can manage what you have. And God will be able to honor and bless you with more. Praise Jesus. So God looks at how prepared we have. When God was going to choose uh, David, you know, Samuel thought it was going to be Eliab, right? Eliab looked the part, you know, looked like it, his appearance, he, you know, was wearing a nice suit, you know, tie, everything was, you know, London-made shirt, you know, with with tie, with shoulder pad, very, you know, everything is on point. And the Lord said, oh, no, I've checked him out. I actually thought so, too. I look, but I just look more than the appearance. I look a little deeper. I went to his heart. He's not prepared. He can't undo it. So God said, I rejected him. That's a powerful statement. Because that means the Lord actually picked up his resume and was looking at it. <laughs> and the Lord wanted to hire him. And he said, you know what? I saw some things. I said, they are not ready. When the Lord looks at you today, can he trust you? Can he trust you with children? Can he trust you with resources? Can he trust you with a business that is still going to honor God? Are you going to treat your employee right? Are you going to represent God? Can he trust you with a promotion? Can he, can he still, will you still be there? Will you still call him God or will you become, you know, one of those people who don't care? Can he trust you with ministry? Can he trust you with a platform? Can he trust you with his anointing? Can he send you all over the world and you're still going to remain grounded, remain humble, still stay to your root? Or will you become so bloated and nobody can talk to you again? Can the Lord trust you? And that's what question you should ask yourself. And we know that based on how you're doing it now, how you're behaving now, the Lord knows. May you become trustworthy in Jesus' name. Number two, being blessed comes with a lot of responsibility. Just summarizing what I've been teaching, really. 
Blessing brings pleasure, uh, pressure. In Exodus chapter 7, verse 16, the Lord was having a conversation with Moses, and he told Moses to go to Pharaoh and to go and confront Pharaoh. And, and he told Moses exactly what he's going to tell Pharaoh. And he said, you shall say to him, the Lord God of, Hebrew, of the Hebrews has sent me to you saying, let my people go that they may serve me in the wilderness. I mean, let me just stop there. Now, you know, we, when we read that, let my people go is what we read most of. Let my people go. How many conferences have you seen that is it? Let my people go. How many messages have people preached? Let my people go. But all it is telling us, no, 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 no. It's not just about going. It's about why they are going. So they may serve me. You know, sometimes what prevents people from experiencing deliverance is because they are not prepared to serve. The Lord can trust them after their deliverance. The Lord can trust them after their breakthrough. You know, you believe in God for freedom from spirit of Pharaoh. And you are saying, Lord, you deliver the Israelites from slavery, from bondage. Lord, deliver me from bondage. No, 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 no. That's great. The Lord wants to do that. But will you serve? Will you just take it and run and say, I buy, I'm fine now. Church is a hospital. When next I'm sick, I'm going to show up. There are people like that. When you start seeing them in church regularly, something, something's going on. <laughs> you see them in prayer meeting, oh, something's going on. I mean, after a while, they're just going to say it. They're going to just come and say, you know what? Lately, things have not been... Things have been rough. <laughs> That's not how it's supposed to be. Blessing comes with responsibility. The Lord has no problem blessing you. I mean, a lot of time he blesses us anyway. But he just blesses us with something to keep us going. The problem is when we're not prepared, we're not able to really get there. <laughs> There's a place he wants to take you. It's bigger than you can imagine. There's a place of influence he wants to give you. It's much more than you can, you can imagine. You just have to be ready. You just have to be prepared. Praise the name of Jesus. Blessing comes with a lot of responsibility. Jesus said in Luke chapter 2 verse 24, from everyone who has been given much, much will be Demanded. I want all of us to read it together. I think it's actually a good verse. Luke 12, 18. Can you display that? I can't see it here. Is it there? All right. Let's, let's read it together. One, two, go. From everyone who has been given much, much will be demanded. And from the one who has been entrusted with much, much will be asked. See, blessing comes with responsibility. God is asking more from people who are blessed more. So God is going to ask from you. He's going to bless you, but he's going to say, you know what? My blessing comes with responsibility. I remember in 1 Timothy chapter 3, uh, it's a passage about leadership in church. So it's a passage about becoming a leader, becoming a bishop. You know, that's... You know, Timothy was Paul's uh, protege or mentee. 
uh, son in the Lord, and he called him my dear son in the Lord. So in chapter 3 of 1 Timothy 7, I mean, 1 Timothy 3, in verse, uh, from verse 1, he started by telling him, look, here is a trustworthy saying. Whoever aspires to be an overseer desires a noble task. Say, so, no, don't judge people for wanting to be a leader, wanting to be an overseer, wanting to be a bishop. No, no, that's okay. It's okay to aspire to be anything you want. But verse 2, he said, now, here's the question. I want you to say, here's the question. The overseer is to be above reproach. <laughs> Did you see that now? So it's not about being an overseer. Now you can desire it all you want. Are you ready for the responsibility? And he went on to say, look, must be above reproach, faithful to his wife, temperate, self-control, respectable, hospitable, able to teach, not giving to drunkenness, not violent but gentle, not quarrelsome, not a lover of money. He must manage his own family well and see that his children obey him. And he must do so in a manner worthy of full respect. If anyone does not know how to do so in a manner, I mean, do so, how to manage his own family, how can he take care of God's church? He must not be a recent, recent comfort, convert, or he, he may become considered and fall under the same judgment as the devil. He must also have a good reputation with outsiders. So that it will not fall into disgrace and into, I mean, it just went on and on. I'm sure people say, oh, okay, okay. Don't worry about the bishop anymore. <laughs> you know, don't worry about, don't worry about that. You know, uh, so that's how Timothy, and oh, you want to be a bishop? Okay, let's go through the list. Are you willing to do this? What I'm saying is every blessing comes with responsibility. It's not just being a bishop, being a wife, being a husband, being a parent, being a business owner, being a worship leader, being a ministry leader, being a minister, comes with responsibility. It come, I mean, God will hold us responsible. God demands it. The whom much is given, much is required. I mean, what is going on in our days is, People want responsibility. They don't want, the people want uh, position. They don't want responsibility. People want the blessing. They don't want the responsibility conferred by the blessing. May we become people of responsibility that will be worthy of his blessing in Jesus' name. Number three, being blessed opens you up to spiritual warfare. It's very true. In the physical, being rich opens you up to a lot of lawsuits. I hope you know that. People start falling in front of your house. You know, even some of the people who are your friends before. I mean, you know, people's families sue them when they become rich. I've read stories of people who win lottery. You know, a lot of times they, they are destroyed by their own family members. I mean, they hold parties in their house. One guy hosted a party in the house. You know, they, you know, it became a fight. Somebody got injured and sued his cousin. 
that won lottery a couple of years ago and won a lot of money. All of a sudden, your cousin sue you. You know, even sometimes their own family ruin them. Sometimes parents, <laughs> children, the devil is a liar. These are people that were fine. They were poor just a few months ago. They were all nice people. <laughs> you know, we're a good family. We play together. We do Thanksgiving together. Money comes. They all become enemies. The enemy comes, you know. I remember years ago, I think I've told you this story. I was still living in Nigeria many years ago. I think one Nigerian guy, it was a nightly news that we used to watch at 10 p.m. or something like that. So there was this story they ran in the t- on TV. I was in high school of a Nigerian guy that won, he won some big money in the U.K. It was pounds. Maybe he won. It wasn't even as much, maybe 200,000 pounds or something like that. You know, so it was uh, probably the first time a Nigerian person would win the lot, lot, lottery or something. And, they, you know, so it became news and they went and interviewed the guy and they're like, wow, this is great. You know, the first uh, Nigerian to win uh, whatever. And they tell him, what do you want to do? What do you want to do with this money? And the guy opened his mouth and he said, I want to become president of Nigeria. <laughs> and... Uh, <laughs> And I remember vividly the news guy. The news guy just, you know, I think after, you know, you know how they do the news. They go to the road, they interview the guy, they come back to the studio. And the guy in the studio said, wow, the problem with money is uh, as soon as it gets into your pocket, it gets into your head. (laughs) And that is so true. As soon as it gets into the bank account, it gets into people's head. You know, now, so sometimes... You know, it is, that's what happened. I mean, money comes and people just lose it. But it's also true in the spirit. The devil can stand a blessed man or a blessed woman. The devil can stand a blessed person. He will do everything to derail you. He will do everything to attack you. In 1 Corinthians 16, 9, Apostle Paul says, there's a great and effectual door open to me but there was an adversary. A great and effective door has opened to me, but there are many adversaries. <laughs> there are many oppositions. Anytime there's a great door, there are oppositions. And that's why we must be prepared for that. We must prepare for the battle. Look at David. David was nobody, right? You know, nobody cared when he was singing in the bush, you know, singing to the sheep, singing to himself, writing psalms, you know. The day he got anointed, what happened? Opposition started. His own brothers opposed him. Everything, you know. He tried to help. Saul became his enemy. I mean, it's like everybody came after him. Blessing attracts spiritual warfare. Can you stand spiritual warfare? And that's a big question. Doesn't matter whether it's financial blessing, whether it's whatever blessing, they attract us. Lastly, being blessed, kind of part of two, but I kind of decided to separate it, makes you a blesser. In the kingdom, we are blessed to be a blessing. 
And I'm going to finish by reading Psalm 67. That's actually where we started. I believe, no, the second message we read, Psalm 67. May God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face shine on us so that your ways may be known on earth and your salvation among nations. May the people praise you, God. May all the people praise you. May the nations be glad and sing for joy. For you rule the peoples with equity and guide the nations on earth. May the people praise you, God. May all the peoples praise you. The land yields its harvest. God, our God blesses us. May God bless us still so that all the ends of the earth we fear him. So, Father, in Jesus' name, we want to be a blessing. I want you to just lift up your hand and say, Lord, I want to be a blessing. It's my desire to be a blessing, to be a blessing to, to the world, to nations. I mean, there are so many people that can use that blessing, that, that will thank God on your behalf. Say, Lord, when you bless me, I will make sure I use it to bring it glory all over the world. When you give me a position of influence, you know, whatever the Lord will ask for you, whether to be a mayor, whether to be a council person, whether to become governor, whether to become a CEO, whether to become a, a rich, financially wealthy person, whether to become parent, whether to have your own husband, to have your own wife, to have your own children, to have your own family, your dream job, your dream life. My Father, may we recognize that we are here. We, are, we have it to be a blessing. May we never live for ourselves. May we never be so selfish that we don't recognize that we are blessed to be a blessing. I just pray that you will give us such a heart. Father, you will remove every selfish heart, every corner view of wealth, of blessing. May you remove it from us. And I'm praying over this house that, Lord, there will be, you will prepare us for such a, such a release of blessing in every angle. Great schools, our children will get great schools, scholarships, great jobs. You will raise businessmen and women. You will raise prophets, apostles, evangelists, missionaries out of here. You will raise politicians out of here, people that you will place, you know, in, in halls of powers to influence things for Jesus. Lord, you will raise, you know, many, many, many people. You will raise great husbands, great wives, parents here in the mighty name of Jesus so that your name will be glorified. So that Jesus will be lifted up. So that many lives will be touched, will be transformed by your wealth released in here. By your blessing released in here. In the mighty name of Jesus. May it be so. May it be so. Breakthrough is coming. I see breakthrough here. 
Things are about to be so easy here that it will be like, wow. How come when I step in here, when you begin to go there, things get easy? Things get easy. Things are about to get easy. They're about to get easy. Breakthroughs are about to get easy. Blessings are about to get easy. Marriages are about to get easy. Financial wealth about to get easy. In the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Lord is is removing every limitation. In the mighty name of Jesus. We give you praise. We give you honor. We bless you, Lord. Hallelujah. Can we give him praise?